Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome to the Game 1 Recap Edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky, one of three this weekend, and it did not go old Mrs. Way, but there is something far uh, far more important that happened than uh, just a win or a loss, and it's Gunnar Hoagland and his health. So we'll talk about the game and all that on this recap edition of the podcast. Again, I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. This recap and every podcast is brought to you by ABS. That's right. ABS Advantage Business Solutions in Jackson, Mississippi. Been family owned since 1976. But just because you hear that city, Jackson, uh, does not mean they do not serve the entire state because they do. They emphasize doing business with Mississippi companies. They prioritize even spending money with other local businesses. So their dollars can go further uh, in Mississippi to advance the economy here. They provide uh, technology solutions for the entire state, like I said, including copiers and printers, mail machines, shipping systems, voiceover, IP phones, unified communications, document management software, IT services. So stuff like uh, cloud storage, data security, stuff like that. Uh, Local support for everything. So when you pick up the phone to call ABS, you get a live person every time, no automated systems and they are based in Mississippi in your backyard. You're not on the phone with somebody from California or New York or Minnesota or a different country. No, you're talking to somebody from Mississippi. If you do business with Advantage Business Systems, uh, you are getting Mississippi people that care about other Mississippi people. If you want more information, call 601-362-9192. That's 601-362-9192, or visit absms.com. So the story of the game, yes, Ole Miss loses, and uh, this was a weekend that they really needed to have to maintain their status as a regional host. Um, Losing one game on the road in the SEC is not the biggest deal in the world, Uh, but Texas A&M has been struggling all year, and then the way it happened and then what happened after that is really the story. Ole Miss loses 9-8. to After a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth, Ole Miss out-hit Texas A&M by five. There was an error in the game that directly, eh, I don't want to say directly, but that error led to a run, and that was the difference. So here we are, just some box score house cleaning uh, before we get into the biggest storyline. And then also, uh, whether or not Derek Diamond was left in too long. But first, uh, the bats, Ole Miss, offensively did enough to win the game last night. Gonzalez had a couple of hits. Chatney had one. Kevin Graham had two. Um, almost had the third home run in the inning for Ole Miss after they gave up a five spot in the bottom of the fifth. They turned around and got four in the sixth. Kevin Graham almost home run, hit just a few inches off the top of the wall and stayed in the yard. Uh, Dunhurst had one. Bench had a couple. McCants had a hit. Uh, Leatherwood had three. Cal Baker had a couple. 14 hits in total for Ole Miss. Uh, They did, however, leave 10 men on base. Gunnar Hoagland just pitched two-thirds of an inning, did not look comfortable at all in any of those 18 pitches, gave up three runs, a couple hits, walked a guy. Everything about what he was doing looked uncomfortable. Derek Diamond stepped in and was really good 
in relief on short notice. He gave Ole Miss four complete, uh, gave up five runs, none of which were earned. Uh, zero earned runs, but giving up five runs, walked two, struck out five. Um, he was good on short notice for a long relief like that. Uh, he was good. And um, it just kind of spiraled out of control there um, in the bottom of the fifth. Austin Miller came in and was good in relief, struck out four and, and two and a third. Jack Doherty came in and did give up that game-winning home run. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty. I understand why they did not go to Broadway there because it was still a tie game and who knows how long you would have had to use them. Um, I get not going to them there. I do. You wanted to see what you had in, in Doherty and I'm not going to criticize that decision, not going to, um, Broadway there. I, I get it. Um, you wanted to see what you had. I still think you've got a quality bullpen arm and he just, he just got had by a really, really, really good hitter in Will Frizzell. I mean, and that's that's that happens sometimes. Ole Miss was able to get uh, to Texas A&M's pitching again. Eight runs, 14 hits, seven of which were earned. They did strike out nine times, but uh, understand, uh, understand that. That's kind of how they approached it all year long. Uh, they have high strikeout rates. They swing at first pitches very often, which was just baffling. Uh, the announcers in the game, uh, they just w- were blown away that Ole Miss kept swinging at uh, first pitch strikes, and uh, that's kind of been their MO all year. It's what they do. It frustrates some fans, I know, but scored eight runs on a Friday night in the SEC. So um, that was not the issue. The issue was the mound, and we'll start with the biggest story, Obviously, the most important story, and that's Gunnar Hoagland. So Gunnar Hoagland took the mound uh, after he was good last week. He was cut short in his outing, but he was really good against South Carolina last week. Very much back to normal, or at least so you thought. He was very much back to normal after that week off, uh, that weird weekend with the uh, bicep stiffness uh, that held him out of a start against LSU. And... Something similar happened last night. So you guys watched it. He was very uncomfortable, not the same at all. And he was yanked after just two-thirds of an inning. Very clearly, something was wrong with him from the first pitch. You knew it right away. Texas A&M jumped on him, but it, that's not what was wrong. It just, you know, pitchers get hit sometimes. You could see it. Um, everything about what he was doing was off, very off, and was taken uh, taken out after just two-thirds of an inning. But after the game, uh, this is a real, real concern. Now, um, Bianco, after the game, said he was experiencing forearm stiffness. It's different from the bicep, which was uh, two weeks ago. Um, apparently, uh, it happened before the game, during warm-ups, that he had some forearm stiffness Very minimal forearm stiffness, but he had it warming up before the game. But the athletic trainer cleared him to pitch. Then in the first inning, the stiffness uh, obviously worsened and his command was all over the place, and so they took him out. Again, hindsight is very much 20-20. And an athletic trainer looked at him and apparently cleared him. 
But when you've got a guy that was just mocked to be a top 10 pick, and two weeks ago he had to miss a start because of soreness, if he tells you his forearm is stiff in the pregame warm-up, you cannot run him out there. You can't do it. And I'm sure, I mean, it's especially hard if an athletic trainer is telling you, yeah, he's good. Um, Probably have some questions for that trainer as well. But if your first round pick, your top 10 pick in a series that is important, but not the end of the world, is telling you he was a little stiff in the forearm, which is the worst place to be stiff if you're a pitcher, as it turns out, you cannot run him out there. He's about to be a top 10 pick. If he's stiff against Texas A&M, honestly, who cares? Put Diamond out there again, and you figure it out. You figure it out. But if in pregame warm-ups, your top 10 pick is telling you that there is there's something wrong, you can't run him out there. I, I mean... I know it's hard. I'm sure it's hard as a coach to go against what your trainer says, but like I said, you maybe need to have questions for the trainer because th- this kid is too valuable for your team, and that arm is too valuable for his future and your future. Because good luck recruiting a fringe to- first round pick ever again if you wreck his arm before he's able to get to the majors. Good luck. They, this needs to be managed better. If he sits for the rest of the year, then so be it. If he ever shows stiffness again, you shut him down immediately. That's what you should do. That's what needs to be done. Um, I, I don't care if Gunner's telling you that he's good to go and he wants to pitch and he's fine. No, if he showed stiffness in warm-ups, you sit him. Um, and it's a big, big problem now. And what this means for this team moving forward, I, I mean, without him, if they do have to shut him down, and that's a big if. Um, I don't think they can go anywhere. They, they, I don't think so. I mean, that that's a big of a loss. It is. I don't think they're winning a regional or a super regional without him, and that's why I would at least for now at least consider shutting him down until the postseason and not pitch him in Hoover either. There's no shot I would throw him in Hoover now. Absolutely no shot. Um, I, I may shut him down for the rest of the year. Because that was that was off, was not good to watch last night. You could tell through the television. You could tell that something was was wrong, and it being the forearm is a big big concern. So, um, that's not. I mean, you know, breaking news here. More at eleven. That's not good at all. But the admission that he was he he felt some tightness in his forearm and in, in warm ups, and. He still ran out there. That's mm. hindsight is twenty twenty, but that's tough. That's um, that's really tough. Probably should not have done that. Also, uh, Bianco's getting criticized for in the fifth. Uh, it is funny. I, I saw one person in particular that um that was much smarter than all of us uh, when it came to the Mississippi State Series and not going to Taylor Broadway. Um, You know, pitching and pitching decisions aren't an exact science 
a few weeks ago when it comes to not pitching Taylor Broadway a- against Mississippi State. Um, but now it's Mike Bianco left Derek Diamond in too long, and, and he shouldn't have. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to criticize that decision. Even after the home run, uh, Diamond was cruising, honestly. He was pitching very well. Um, he had only pitched four innings to that point. His pitch count was not uh, not his maximum of the year. He was very much under his usual pitch count. And even after a home run, you should expect a guy like him who you're going to use as a potential Friday night starter next year as a long relief bullpen arm when regionals come, or maybe even start him, you would expect him to be able to get one out when he is way under his pitch count. Even after he gave up the home run, which was a fluky home run where uh, Frizzell, who's a great hitter, but went opposite way and it didn't look like it should have been a home run. I mean, I was joking. They should have checked his bat after the game. Like, there's no way that ball should have gone out. Um, But it did. All he needed to do was get one more out in the inning. And Frizzell should have never gotten up in the inning anyway if Diamond doesn't throw away an easy ground ball to him to start the inning. So uh, he got one out that he wasted because of an error. And then two more outs right after that. He gives up a home run. As a coach, you should expect him to get out of that inning without further damage. Hindsight, just, well, he left him in too long. Well, obviously, it looks like that now, but that decision in real time is one that you should expect Derek Diamond to get one more out in that inning without any more damage, and he's not able to do that, and that kind of underscores uh, his issue, but he should be able to get you one more out in that inning when he's below his pitch count. Everything was still okay. Frizzell's just a great hitter, and it unraveled. It's just it's easy to criticize the right decision when it ends up going wrong. I don't think that was a bad decision. I think it had a bad result. And sometimes baseball will do that to you. It's very easy to question every decision that doesn't work out. But this one I don't think was a bad one. He should have been able to get one more out in the inning and just wasn't able to do it. But anyway, that's just me. That That's just me. The bigger story, of course, is Gunnar Hoagland. Um, and what that means for this team moving forward. And um, the takeaways from admitting that your pitcher had forearm stiffness and warm-ups, and you threw him out there anyway, um, that's that's not good. That's not good at all. So we'll see what they're able to do for the rest of the weekend. They get started early on Saturday, 11 a.m. start on Saturday. Uh, they need to win these next two, I think, if they want to stay on the right side of hosting a regional. So we'll see how they do. Thank you so much for tuning in. Also, uh, the podcast is brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger and University Avenue there in Oxford. Um, Before you're going to watch baseball this afternoon, probably too late now (laughs) uh, by the time you're listening to this, but if you listen to this before the game or even after the game, go by LB's. It's going to be a beautiful day there in Oxford and around the whole state of Mississippi. Um, Stop by LB's. Go see Greg and tell him we sent you and uh, get your grilling started there. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, I'll talk to you guys after game two. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.